I'll tell you what, I'm a proud dad. My son does a great job on, on our media graphics here, and they're as great as anything I've ever seen at Catalyst. And I was going to brag on him about that, but let me just take it a step higher. He got me these, decent, these, these cool shoes for my birthday, and they were... <laughs> And man, they rock. They, they rock. And here's the thing. When you preach, as long as I have for years and years, and stand behind a pulpit, if you don't have good shoes on, you're hurting in the afternoon. And then when you, when, and then when you cross the 50-year age barrier, I mean, you're really hurting. These babies, I'm walking on sunshine and a cloud today. Happy birthday to me. Thanks, Dev. Here we go. Faith, faith over fear. You know, there are a lot of things to be afraid of throughout our lives. And I, can't, I have to admit to you that throughout much of my life, there have been things I've been afraid of. When I was a little kid, uh, I was afraid of a lot of things, and my fears have shifted, but I still battle some fears. How about you? I'm not going to preach a series about faith without fear, because I don't think that's real, but we're going to talk about faith over fear. There's a great song that I love that's in the Christian world. It's probably been out for a number of years now. It's called Fear is a Liar. Have you ever heard that song by Zach Williams? That's a great song. Here's a couple lines from that song. When he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, that you'll never be enough, fear is a liar. He'll take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness. Cast your fear in the fire, because fear is a liar. Isn't that a good song? Now, I want to, thanks, Roberta. I love you so much. I do. I just do. You're just the best. Tim, stay with her, man. But... But I want to put this subject of fear in a broader context, because fear is also a truth teller. And we're going to get into that in a moment, but before we do it, I want to read the Word of God. Would you stand one more time and join me? We're going to read a psalm that we, we all know, Psalm 23. It's one of the best, isn't it? Isn't it just one of the best? The last series we stayed in the Psalms, and this series we're going to stay in the Psalms. I'm so excited about it. Would you read it out loud with me, verse 1? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Let's just, for, just, just let's, for kicks and giggles, let's read that last verse again. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you have given us the gift of your word. This passage has been treasured by your children throughout the eons of time. 
Your spirit gave David, your servant, this beautiful picture. And we, we stand in wonder of it all. Help us to see it. Help us to feel it. Help us to believe and receive what it means to live above our fears by trusting and clinging to the one who clings to us, our great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. Feed us today. Feed us today. We're yours. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Make sure you don't sit on your phone or your keys. <laughs> Another kind of hallelujah will come out of the room. Here's the, th- here's the truth. True fear is not a lie all the time. It's a sign. It can be a signal that we have to deal with. Fear isn't always a liar. As a matter of fact, it's a normal emotion. If you're a human being, and you know, I'm working on being one, um, you have fear at times in your life. None of us are exempt from fear. As a matter of fact, you know what? Fear can be a gift from God. Think about it. I was reading some things from Psychology Today, and it said this, fear is a vital response to physical and emotional danger that has been pivotal throughout human existence. If people didn't feel fear, they wouldn't be able to protect themselves from legitimate threats, which often have life or death consequences and can have spiritual and eternal consequences. So in that sense, fear is a gift. True fear at times is not a liar, it's a sign. Get out of here. Run for your life. Fear God. Keep his commandments. That's scripture. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I was thinking about things that I should fear. I wrote a few of them down. I got a lot of them, but I just started writing them down. I should, me, I'm just talking about me. I should fear becoming lukewarm in my faith. I should fear my vulnerability to people-pleasing. I should fear selfishness. I should fear fearing criticism and challenging questions regarding my motives. Let me say that again. I should fear fearing criticism and challenging questions regarding my motives. At the same time, I should fear the fear of man keeping me from doing what God wants me to do. There are many other things. Maybe you should write a list of things you should fear. Now, with all that said, even though fear can be a normal human emotion, the spirit of fear is a liar. You get that? The spirit of fear is a liar. God, the Bible says, Paul said, God hasn't given you If you're a believer and the Holy Spirit is in your life, God hasn't given you or me the spirit of fear. What is the spirit of fear? The spirit of fear is a spirit. The enemy of our soul seeks to bait you, me, through suggestions to the mind into an obsession towards something that may or may not even happen. Or if it does happen, he seeks to make that circumstance or situation paralyze you 
or me, turn you into a coward, or live under mental torment. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. God is all about peace. Peace with God and peace of God. God is about shalom. The enemy, devil, the devil, and the, and the, and the evil darkness that uh, work for him, strategize, if they can't prevent my victory and yours, they will seek to mess you up even if you're in it so you can't celebrate it. Satan loves to play God, small g, over us. Satan is the original maniacal narcissist. He wants adoration. He wants admiration. Satan wants worship. He wants you to fear him. So his attack is to gain that ground. He knows you and I won't go over to him and go, oh, and bow down. That's not his game. His game is to get you obsessed where you fear his suggestions. And in that way, in his twisted mind, he thinks you're worshiping him. He's messed up. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we get into the 23rd Psalm, but i got to tell you something else. I want to cover some ground because the enemy uses what I'm about to say to bring condemnation on Christians. Everyone who battles the emotions of fear does not have some kind of demonic thing going on in their life, okay? It's important. There are chemical issues in the body, biologically, with some people, some of us, and because we're human, creates higher levels of anxiety in us. And it's a biological thing, it's not a spiritual thing. It can become a spiritual thing, but the root is not a spiritual thing, it's a biological thing. Stay with me. Some of us carry higher levels of anxiety than others, and it's not because we have less faith than others. Someone say amen, would you please? We can get help for that. And it's not necessarily in a healing line. Christians shouldn't be hung up about that. If your chemistry needs help, to get to a normal place, thank God he's gifted Christian professionals and other professionals to help us out with that. The spiritual dark powers that are real, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, will attack us. So, might be the most important thing I say. So, if you and I aren't at our best physically, then we can't fight him valiantly. Let the Lord help you, friend, with that. And be at peace. And don't allow anyone to put a yoke on you. I have, my, I have, my wife battles with uh, type 1 diabetes. I've got, we've got friends in our church that do as well. They have to take something to balance their blood sugar. We don't regard them as having a spiritual problem. We don't regard them as having a lack of faith. It's a biological thing. Well, that's my soapbox for today. Unhealthy fear. What is unhealthy fear? It's tormenting. It's paralyzing. 
If we're, having, if we're in a bout of that kind of fear, you know what we need to do? We need to let someone in. We need to let somebody know. Everybody, say this with me, everybody. Say it louder like you're at church. Everybody needs a buddy in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, yeah, I said amen. You said amen. You're so, you're so obedient. Anyway. We get strong in our weaknesses when we humble ourselves and come on out into the light of liberty. When we're in a battle, the best thing is to have a buddy in the foxhole with you. I'm preaching good this morning, and I haven't even started the message yet. All right, now we're going to start it. Let's talk about faith over fear. Here's the solution. The shepherd is our solution. Come on, Jesus. Here we go. We're going to talk about Jesus right now. Holy Spirit, we want to talk about Jesus, right? Listen, this psalm talks about his power. Jesus has power. Jesus has power. And it talks about his provisions. What are we talking about? We're talking about living in faith over our fears. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. That's power. Who? The Lord. Who is the Lord? He's Yahweh. Who is Yahweh? He created the galaxies with his word, spoken word. By his power, they are all held in place. Think of that. He created the earth in all its glory. He created you. He created me. The God we're talking about, if you're a Christian, he lives in you by his spirit. You know what he did? He parted the Red Sea for his people to escape Pharaoh's pursuit. You know what else he does? He sets up kings. He puts down kings. The Lord, that's his power. Then it talks about his provision. The Lord is my shepherd. I love that terminology, shepherd, because when you think of shepherd, you think of intimacy. You think of intimacy. Now, here's the thing. I'm not his shepherd. I'm not the Lord's shepherd. Hey, you know what? You're not his shepherd. The church is not his shepherd. Hey, American church, guess what? It's so good for us to have church and try to make it as palatable and as attractive as we can to people that don't know Jesus. But you know what? That's not the goal. You know what the goal of the church is? To follow the shepherd. You know what the goal is? Not to transform the shepherd Not to ask the world, hey, what kind of shepherd would you like? No, 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 no. The Lord is our shepherd. Pastors and preachers and apostles and teachers and evangelists aren't his shepherd. He's our shepherd. It's best to keep that in the forefront of all our strategies and all of our plans because we need protection. Come on now. And we need provision. Think of how powerful Jesus is. He said, my father and I are greater than all. And he said, no one can snatch you out of our hand. Faith over fear. Think of how wise Jesus is. The Lord in his wisdom created the earth and all its foundations. He rules over kings and tells things that haven't even become yet. 
that they will become. He's before A and he's after Z. Demons tremble in his presence. Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and on the earth. Wow, the Lord is powerful. He's our provider, our protector. He's my shepherd. Can you declare that out of your heart today? Is that what you want? Isn't that who you want? And then because of that, David says, because of that, I shall not want. He's got it. He has it all. What's he do? Verse 2, he restores my soul. My soul. What is soul? My soul is the me of me. Your soul is the you of you. Your mind, your emotions, all of you. He restores my soul and yours the heart of me. He wants to lead my life to the provisions that will feed my soul to freedom and health and life and do the same for you. Let's go, church, right? No need to fear. The king of all things leads me to feed me. Where? To green pastures. Now, if you're a sheep, that's what you want. If you're a cow, that's what you want. If you're a horse, you want the green pastures. You don't want to go out and lick dust. I've never been into eating dirt. I want green pastures. I want to open the Bible and have the riches and the nutrients fill my me. Still waters, quiet streams. Picture it. Isn't it great to get away sometime and just go out and sit somewhere near a flowing stream? You forget about everything? I call it the kingdom chill. Have you ever experienced the kingdom chill? Come on, right? The Lord wants to give us the kingdom chill. This isn't talking about losing your fire for God. This is talking about going, because he's with me, everything's going to be all right. And here's what I love. There's no need to fear falling outside of his plan. Why? He leads me. Where? In paths of righteousness. Paths, plural, not just one, paths of righteousness. God has a path for you and me that has his stamp of approval on it, and he wants to lead us toward it and continue to lead us toward it. The right way, the healthy way, the blessed way, the way that brings new things. You and I have been created, listen, you and I have been created to go God's way. But we need a shepherd to open our eyes and get us on that way. I spent way too much time in my life afraid of missing the will of God. Well, I know there's, I could preach a whole day on how you can miss the will of God. But I'm talking about people who are under the context of the shepherd who love him and want to serve him. They don't wake up in the morning and and report to the devil for duty. They don't wake up in the morning going, how can I mess up my life? No, they really want to. But there's people who get so sensitive, they're afraid they're going to miss something. They don't do anything. Hmm? The Lord wants to lead me in paths of righteousness. I've asked this before, and people ask, what if I miss God's will? You can't miss God's will if you stay well-fed in His Word and well-led. And what's He about? He's about leading me into new paths. Listen, He leads me in paths of what? 
righteousness. Why? For his namesake. He wants to lead us in a way that people don't look at us as Christians and go, well, there's a train wreck. I'm getting, off, hey, I'm jumping off his ship because, man, he's ready to hit the iceberg and doesn't even know it. He's shouting hallelujah. He's heading right for the, no. Remember, we don't shepherd him. The reason we get in trouble is we, we just get that messed up and go, Lord, I want you to take care of this, that, and the other, but on this, I got this. That's my checkbook. I don't need you <laughs> to figure out, prioritize the way I, f- come on now, right? Sometimes new paths create new things in my life, because, but because I'm afraid, I'm afraid to go after the new things, and I have to trust the Lord on that. He leads us out of old paths because he's got something for his namesake. He wants you to discover, me to discover, and, then, and sometimes he'll make the path we're in uncomfortable because he wants to create a new path. And if we start out on a new path and we take our eyes off him and we lose sight and we start leaning on our own understanding and forget that he's a little, a little bit smarter than us, we forget he has a good intention for us, we can mess it up for a while. And then we waste time. If he made you to be a dolphin friend, he might not wish for you to spend your life seeking to have a fulfilling, life-flopping existence in Ebitz Creek. For live stream people watching all, in Tehran, no, anyway, for you, that's a local stream around here. Yachts aren't going to have any fun in that. Anyway, sometimes he wants to create new paths. God uses, and, but the, here's the other thing. Here's why it's important for me to follow him is because God, God uses me to create new things too. God wants to lead you because it's not about creating something new for you. It's about creating something new for somebody else. He wants to use you and I to create paths that haven't existed before so others can find the Lord. Good things, righteous things, good things. God's stamp of approval, the Lord. He wants to expand and bring me into a new future and you into a new future, and he knows the way to get there and requires us to trust him, requires us to believe that God will never lead us somewhere that his grace won't keep us. Why? For his name's sake. It's all about his character. He wants to show people that. There'll be times in our life, and you've been there before, I've been there before, when you're going through the fog. And when we're going through the fog, we need to trust his character. When you're filled with uncertainty, think green, meaning get fed. Think green. God doesn't lead us, as I said, so that we shipwreck our life. He's not interested in that at all. The Bible says many are the sorrows of the unrighteous. That means people that shepherd God or shepherd themselves. But the blessings of the Lord are upon those who put their trust in him, and there's no way to trust God without action. A lot of times we don't find what we're looking for because it's on the other side of go. God isn't going to bring everything we need to where we are. Sometimes we have to go where he is. Now, unfortunately, there's another traveler on this path, the enemy, Satan, demons, the prince of darkness, the powers of darkness. David is talking about that. This passage, we use it at funerals. We use it when people are dying. That's a good, comforting thing, but that's not the real context. This is about living life, encountering dark spirits. 
Ready? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For you. (laughs) Do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? You don't, maybe you don't, but Satan does. And he walked, Jesus was a 30-year-old man, just got filled with the Holy Spirit, and walks into the synagogue, and somebody in there had a demon. What happened? What'd that demon do? He freaked out, man. I know who you are. Have you come to torment us already? They know who he is. And you know what? They don't want you to know who he is in you. I fear no evil. Now, it's not if the devil encounters you, it's when. Now listen, sometimes, this is probably the most coolest thing I'm going to say. Sometimes in order to go to new levels, we have to fight new devils. When God is leading us to create new paths, we sometimes find an enemy who will battle us to keep that path from being created. Why? Because there are other people on the other side of that encounter between you and him. How does he do it? With suggestions to intimidate, to stir up fear, with threats, with what ifs, with what if not. And that's when it gets tricky. How many of you are listening to me? You got a couple more minutes? That's when it gets tricky. David says this, when that is happening, when I'm heading down that street, I will make a decision I will tweak my outlook. I will fear no evil. Why? Because I will not lose sight of the fact of the one who is with me. And what's his comfort? The rod and the staff. Let me just be quick on this. The rod is for the enemy's head. And the staff is for my knucklehead. Jesus clobbers the enemy's head. But I got a knucklehead. Hang around me a while. You'll, you'll see it quickly. You don't even have to have the gift of discernment. You'll find it real fast. He doesn't use his staff to clobber me. You ready? He does it to corral me. I'm walking too close to the edge. My man, my man Grand Slam yesterday, we were out in the backyard playing and hitting the baseball and doing stuff. And I'm the grandpa, and he got over on the brick wall, and Devin and Shelby are the greatest parents in the world. We'll never let him. And I know that, and I didn't mean to disrespect them, but there's Graham going, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to let him fall off there. You know what I'm saying? One day a year ago, I was bringing Graham upstairs from downstairs, and we had the we had the trunk or treat and went around the corner and there were these balloons and he freaked out and he reached out and grabbed me as tight as he could. I whispered in his ear, I said, listen, buddy, as long as Potch is here, I'm never going to let anything happen to you. I went home and wrote that in my journal. God, I just learned something about you because you made something come to life in me with my gram slam. I'm thanking you right now because you've felt that way about me and you used my grandson to remind me of how you think about me. Little buddy, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Come on, church, you ready to praise the Lord this morning? If I'm tempted to go looking, 
Jesus reaches out and corrals my heart. And that's my comfort. I want to have church right now. And in my time of dying, I believe there's a supernatural grace that we have never known that will come visit us at that moment. And we need not fear. David says, if Satan stages a coup and the lights go out in a big way, and you feel the cold evil as thick as fog, when the world is going nuts and Satan is howling over the nations like he's king, and he stands up and demands attention, David says, I will not fear for you're not Lord, my shepherd is. Come on, church! (laughs) Satan gets off on hearing people talk and magnify messes. That's the way he feels like he's getting worshipped. He's brilliant beyond our human intellect, but he's twisted and he's sick. He's a sick, twisted freak. That's no joke. He's a maniacal strategist. And he feeds his ego off our fears. And loves it when the people of God forget about the majesty of Jesus. But not David. Goliath said, rah. And David said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You, I love this. In the presence of my enemy, you prepare a table for me. Picture this. Okay, you're, the heat is hot. You're walking with the Lord, and the enemy surrounds, and here he comes. And the Lord sees him, and you see him, and you feel it. And right there, the Lord says, you know what I think we should do right now? You're like, yeah, we should get through this. He goes, no, 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 no. Let's eat. Yeah, right, right here? Yeah, right here. Here, I got a table. Put the table out right here. Here, pull up a chair. Can you imagine Satan's watching that going? All right? Jesus, do you know what you're doing? Yeah, let's, let's eat. Let's drink. He goes, matter of fact, I got a bottle of some good wine. It, it's... it's I've been keeping this for you since 600 B.C. Pops the cork, pours in your glass, and he says, drink it. And as you drink it, with demonic threat all around, you start drinking that wine, and you hear in your spirit, clothe yourself in your strength, O Zion. My people shall know my name. On that day, I will be there and say, here I am. You say, ah, that was good, Lord. And then he reaches over and he pushes a plate in front of you, plops some good stuff on it, and he says, eat, because this journey is too much for you and your strength. And as you taste, as you start to chew on what the Lord provides, you feel strength growing in your spirit. And the word of the Lord starts to rise up on the inside of you. And you hear, you who carry the vessels of the Lord, you will not go out in a hurry and you'll not go as a fugitive. For the Lord will go before you and the glory of the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Come on, somebody. Where are we? He didn't flee. 
He said, let's eat right here. Let's just plop right here. You know what? Jesus has never been afraid of the devil. About that time, a dark entity comes close and tries to find a seat, and there isn't one. He knows he can't sit down at your table unless you let him scoot in to your chair. And you don't do that. And so he comes up to your ear and he says this. Did God really say that to you? You're, you're not smart. You're not close enough to God for God to give you clear instruction. You're all alone in this. Look over here. Listen to the news. Don't take your eyes off the news. Look at how I'm shaking the earth. Do you really think you're going to make it through this? This is my world. If it wasn't my world, why is there so much chaos? If God really cared, why did he let this happen? Why didn't he come through? Do you hear him? You know who that is? That's him. You know what David did? He'd say, excuse me. Let me remind you of something. Surely, and your name's not Shirley, but surely, surely, I want you to know this. Surely, goodness. Hey, hey, hey take this down. Put it in your, make a post-it note to yourself. Goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Does anybody want to worship the Lord right now? Would you stand with me, please? Heavenly Father, we praise you. Heavenly Father, we worship you. I want to boast in you today. You make me whole again. You steer me off worn, wore-out paths to roads of new things and new revelations. Come on, are you praising God with me? Righteousness echoing in my life, revealing your name to me. Lord, I thank you that even in the times when shadows don't end and death seems real, I'm not going to be overcome by fear because you are with me me, you are with us. You are near us. You protect us. You guide us. You feed us. You comfort us. You defeated the devil already, and I will triumph over him in your name. When we're in the midst of the storm, you say, let's stop and eat. You provide provision for me right in the middle of the attack from the devil. You care about me. You care about your church. And even in the midst of the storm, you love to pour the oil on my head. Lord, pour the oil on the head of the church. Pour the oil, the fragrant presence of Jesus on us. Fill us up, Lord. We can't make it in our own strength. We can't make it in our own willpower. We need a, a cup that's full and overflowing and do it again and again. And come on, church, you have it. Again and again and again. Because I believe your faithful protection and your loving provision is going to stay with me, keep me, keep my family, keep my family's family and their family. Where I go, you always be. Everywhere I am, you are. Because you are the eternal, mm, Jesus. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are the Lord, my peace. You are king of, I'm going to worship him if you don't. You are king of kings and Lord of lords. You drank the cup 
to the fullest so that I could be clothed in beautiful garments and the church could be anointed, well-gifted, well-led, and well-fed. You, Jesus, are the solution. You are the shepherd of the great of, of the kingdom of God and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, look here just for a second. Here's what we do. We feed on the revelation of his sovereignty. He is in control of everything. We feed on the source of his strength, his word, and the wine of his spirit. And we can find security. We find security in his staff. He's going to corral us. And we can find sanity among his saints. Don't go it alone. When it gets squirrely, get away from the squirrels and find a prayer partner. Be around people that you can be real with and will hold up your hands. We have been given a family of saints. And someday we're going to go from here to there and we get over there and we're going to meet people we've never, we only heard about in the Bible. It's called Down by the Riverside. We're going to gather at the river. I want everybody that watches and listens to be there. I don't want you to walk through dark. You're going to walk through dark things. You're going to walk through things. You know, the devil never wants you to know he exists. He already has you. He already has you. And he loves to hide. So you think you're just all on your own and you're doing your thing. And he throws it. You need an awakening. Jesus is the light. He came into the darkness. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They want to shepherd their own life. But listen, if you'll turn from that and you'll realize that Jesus will never lie to you and he's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's come to shepherd your life. You know what he already did? Greater love has no one than this. He laid down his life for his friends and his enemies and he went to the cross on your behalf and he took all of your sin on himself. All of it. Paid the price so that you could bow in humility and surrender and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my self-absorption. I am, I, 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 you've just given me the grace to open my eyes and see it. Please forgive me. Please come into my life. Please shepherd me from here. And I promise you from that moment on, that moment on, he is totally committed to you, to guide you all the way, feed you every day. Would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, forgive me for being uh, my own shepherd. Forgive me for leaning on my own understanding. Forgive me for not accepting the truth of your word that sin separates people from God, but you're the savior of sinners. And I, I need to be saved. And I bow in humility, but with faith at the foot of your cross. And I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to wash me clean. And I ask you to pour a brand new spirit into my life so that goodness and mercy will follow me. For everyone that prayed that prayer, God, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit would visit them now and fill their lives. I pray that your gospel would come to them with power and with much assurance and raise them up from the dead. And now, church, as we worship him, before we go out of here, can I remind you once again who our shepherd is. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the resurrection and the life. He holds the keys of hell and death in his own hands. And he is able to keep you from stumbling and one day present you to him without fault, with everlasting joy, 
give him praise and honor his name today. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you.